What's up everybody, Genex Dividend Investor here. I'm really excited to finally do this video as I just hit my one year anniversary of being retired due to dividends. So now I can share the various lessons I've learned, including things I was right about, things I was wrong about, and things I didn't think of in the first place. So if you dream about quitting your 9 to 5 job and being able to live 100% on your passive income, then this video is for you. As always, don't take this as financial advice, but do hit that thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Let me start off by quickly recapping my background for all the new people. I've been investing in the stock market for over 25 years, i.e. through the banking recession of 08 and the dot-com crash in 2001, and am passionate about dividend investing. I started as a programmer in the 90s making about 30k a year, and worked in a variety of tech roles throughout my career. My dividend portfolio is now worth over $2 million, half of which came from 401ks that I eventually rolled into my IRA, and the other half is in my taxable account. I grew my retirement account to over a million dollars in under 30 years, and I almost never deposited enough to hit the max contribution amount in any given year. So that should show you how awesome 401ks can be with their matching employer contributions, and how powerful compounding and growth are when you're in the market for decades, but I'll also tell you an example later of how they cannot be ideal. If you want to hear more about how I grew my portfolios, then watch my video called How to Become a Millionaire, where I explain how it's possible to become a multimillionaire without inheriting money or winning the lottery or hitting it big on YouTube or whatever. Speaking as someone who started from less than zero, aka a negative net worth, due to student loans. An amazing aspect about dividend investing is that anyone can do it. Don't worry if you can't invest large amounts of money. The key is consistently investing small amounts for the rest of your life, all the while living frugally. Dividends are by far the best passive income I've found, speaking as someone who's tried a bit of everything. So I started my YouTube channel after I had a crazy health scare, as a way to teach my kids, once they were older, how their dad invests. I shared details about my dividend portfolio and my investing experiences in hopes of motivating people to invest, not because I'm bragging over the internet. I keep many aspects of who I am private, which frees me up to share more intimate details about my friends and relatives and finances, as literally no one knows I've got a YouTube channel other than my wife and kids. Right now I feel like my purpose in life is to help influence others to live frugally and invest intelligently, ideally in dividend stocks. My circle of influence has been increasing as I've expanded beyond YouTube and onto my free dividend Discord chat server, which now has thousands of investors on it from around the world, and as I grow into Instagram, Twitter, and onto Patreon, where I offer a bunch of additional services and perks. These days I spend most of my time doing social media stuff, which I absolutely love doing. I also spend some time helping a tech startup, and they've paid me in equity. One year ago I did a video called Huge Dividend News about my portfolio, where I told everyone that I finally turned my drip off after decades of it being on, and that my plan was to start using my dividends to pay all the bills. So let's look at my dividend stocks using my spreadsheet portfolio tracker tool I've created, though if you want to see my portfolio in E-Trade then search out my video called Watch Me Buy $450,000 of Dividend Stocks, or watch a more recent video of mine to see my portfolio after I moved it to Fidelity. I'm doing this part of the video on Monday, October 4th, and I usually work on a video for multiple days before I finish it. Okay, here we are in my spreadsheet. Feel free to take a screenshot if you want. Let me zoom in a bit. It's kind of easier for you to see it, but I don't normally look at it at this resolution. So I'll go over my positions. It's sorted by market value right now. So you can see Apple is my largest position. I've got 1,738 shares of it, which is about 10% of my dividend portfolio. These all change dynamically throughout the day. So these might change as I'm filming this, but the price of Apple right now is $138.57. It's down $4.07, whoops, just changed $3.97 on the day, which means it's down 2.78% and four 
my portfolio, that means it's lost $6,899. Market value on Apple, 241 grand. X date and pay date. Then I highlight the ticker based on the pay date. And so if it's paying out within 30 days, I highlight it in yellow. If it's paying out today, I highlight it in green. So for example, Kimberly Clark's payout date is today, which is 10-4. So I highlight it in green and the pay date in green. Or if the payout date's within a week, I highlight it in a kind of a bluish cyan color. And I found that handy as somebody who's living on dividends to really draw attention to what's getting paid out. Here you can see the pay date highlighting matches the ticker highlighting. And as does the divs per pay period. X date uh, highlights based on that kind of schema too. Then we see dividend yield. I highlight that based on if something's greater than equal to 4%. So going through my positions, you see after Apple, I've got Microsoft at 221K, 142K of J&J, 132K of AT&T, 130K of ML, 121K of PM, 116 of Exxon, 115K Pepsi, 108K of Duke, 106 grand of Procter & Gamble. And then we have McDonald's, 3M, Coca-Cola, Realty Income, JPM at about 75 grand. Kimberly Clark at 73, AbbVie at 71, Southern Company at 69. And then Chevron, Colgate, Palmolive at about 50K, Leggett and Platt, Caterpillar, Starbucks, Home Depot, Travelers, and Pfizer. And so right now it's about a $2.4 million market value. I have about 27,000 shares of stocks. And then if you scroll to the right, we have some other fields. So dividend yield, three-year dividend CAGR, dividends per share per period, dividend payments per year. Here I've got these two columns, one's for the dividends per share per year that it automatically finds when it looks out on the internet and a manual field you can use to overwrite. So in this case, Microsoft announced an increase and I put it in there because I wanted to see it make the various changes reflected in the spreadsheet, but eventually this will, this highlight will go away when the automatic Microsoft dividend finds that it's gonna be at 248. And we've got a few other fields of sectors here. I moved it to the right. And then we have a calendar of dividends that have paid out. So the current month you're in is in this kind of blue column and everything to the left are dividends you've received. So for example, here, AT&T in August paid out $2,532, or in June, ExxonMobil paid $1,646, and they also paid out in September. And uh, if you kind of go down a bit, you can see what the totals are over the each of those months. So in June, about $8,600 of dividends were paid out, July 64, August 54, then back to $8,600. And... There's another useful tab called the Dividends Received Tracker, which shows the different dividends when they come in. I'll zoom out a bit for that. So basically each month it automatically adds a new month in, and then it automatically highlights what is coming in for that month. And then as soon as they have a new month then the previous one is unhighlighted. So in this case, in October, I can tell I'll still be getting a JP Morgan dividend and a Leggett and Platt and uh, Etc. Etc. 
and you can kind of see if you, you look to the right you can kind of go back in time and you can see how it's growing so when the number changes then that implies e either they did a dividend hike or you bought some more shares so for example chevron here went from 839 in march to 872 so they did a few percentage of a dividend hike there so it's kind of fun to track your dividends that way and then you can see it's making about $83,320 in dividends a year. And the portfolio's average weighted dividend yield is 3.45%. And the portfolio's average weighted three-year dividend CAGR is 7.73%. Okay, and then these two rows are kind of fun. The estimated annual income with no drip versus the estimated annual income if you had a drip on. And so right now I'm at about 83 grand. You can see how it kind of increases over time based on the dividend CAGRs and if you're reinvesting your dividends or not. So the top line represents your not, and you can see that my 83K will grow to about 104K by year three. And if I'd have been reinvesting the dividends, it would actually be at 115K. So that's kind of fun to check out over time, you know, how that grows as the numbers get really crazy. <laughs> year 30, 778 grand if those CAGRs hold, which is unlikely. And then if you scroll down here, you can see that 83,320 is equal to $6,943 a month on average, which is $1,602 a week or $228 a day, which is about $53 of hourly wage income. And I explained how I came to that conclusion given the better taxes and stuff. Or a pure around the clock 24 by 7, no taxes, is $9.51 an hour. And then we've also got some dynamically updated things on how the Dow is doing, Dow futures and SP 500. So today the Dow is down about 1% today and the SP 500 is down 1.5%. And then if we scroll down a little bit, we can see, let me zoom out a bit. So here we can see portfolio value by sector so technology, I'm about 19% of my portfolio. Healthcare is about 9.8%. Communication services, 5.5%. Sin stocks, about 10%. Energy, 7%. Consumer staples, food beverages, 8.4%. Utilities, 7.4%. Consumer staples, household goods, 9.6%. Consumer discretionary, 8.8%. Industrials, 5%. Real estate, 3.6%. And financials, 4 And then we show the passive income percentage by sector. So you can see how all this plays out. Sinstox is about 19.8% of the income. Energy is 12%. You can screenshot this if you want to see the details. And over here, it shows you the passive income by ticker. So you can see what does what. And then it shows how your passive income is estimated to grow based on if you have the drip on, which is the top red line, or if you don't, which is the blue line, which is basically just a graph of the numbers I showed you up above. Awesome. My dividend income has been trending up this year due to a bunch of dividend hikes that my companies have been doing, including an 11% increase from Microsoft, an 11% increase from JP Morgan Chase, a 10% increase from Procter & Gamble, and a 10% increase from Home Depot, amongst a bunch of others. I fortunately had no dividend cuts or suspensions, other than AT&T announced their plan to cut in 2022, though as I explained in my Millionaire Dividend Investing Questions and Answers video in May of 2021, AT&T's intended cut might not actually be a cut, depending on what happens and what you do. This year I'm excited to see if Exxon will raise their dividend, and I'm hoping they crush earnings and then do a dividend hike, which will be quite amazing for them to be the only other dividend aristocrat oil company, along with Chevron, to keep their consecutive years of increasing dividend streak continuing, even through the pandemic. Anyways, one of the things I like to do during the trading day while I'm chatting with people on my Discord is to see how my positions are changing. 
I actually encourage people not to stare at their portfolios constantly, but we have fun sharing how much our portfolios have gone up or down for the day in one of my channels on my Discord. So basically what I do is spend the cash dividends from my taxable account and then just let the dividend cash pile up in my retirement accounts. I originally thought I'd need to take out early distributions from my retirement accounts, but I'll tell you why I didn't have to do that in a moment. These days I enjoy living a more frugal lifestyle, but my wife likes to spend more, so maybe we'll end up withdrawing some or all of that retirement account cash to play with. Or maybe I'll invest some, I don't know yet. It's more important to me for my wife to be happy than it is to live frugally. And while people say money doesn't buy happiness, a study by Princeton in 2010 said that it sort of does, at least up to $75,000 a year, which is equivalent to $94,000 a year in 2021 dollars. They found that, and I'll quote, the lower a person's annual income falls below that $94,000 benchmark, the unhappier he or she feels. But no matter how much more than $94,000 a year that people make, they don't report any greater degree of happiness. The study points out that there are actually two types of happiness. There's your changeable day-to-day -day mood, i.e. whether you're stressed out or sad or feeling emotionally sound. Then there's the deeper satisfaction you feel about the way your life is going, the kind of thing Tony Robbins tries to teach you. Thus, while having an income above the magic $94,000 cutoff doesn't seem to have an impact on the former emotional well-being happiness, it definitely improves people's Robbins-like life satisfaction. In other words, the more people make above $94,000, the more they feel like their life is working out on the whole, but it doesn't make them any more jovial in the mornings. So they concluded that high incomes don't bring you happiness, but they do bring you a life that you feel is better. Anyways, I've also been thinking that maybe I'll use some of those retirement account dividends to help out a relative with college expenses, since distributions used to pay college expenses are an exception that allows you to avoid the early withdrawal 10% penalty. There are some other ways to take money out of retirement accounts early without having the 10% penalty that most people are unaware of, so I'll probably do a video on that. Anyways, this is an activity page on Fidelity which shows some recent transactions that have happened. I've blocked out my account numbers and some other info I don't want to share. You can see my brokerage accounts are a bit over 2.4 million in this overinflated market, with about 1.1 million in my IRA, 1.2 million in my taxable account, and then 95 grand in my wife's retirement account that I managed and deposit into. I made the mistake of ignoring her retirement accounts for decades as they just focused on mine and many of her hourly jobs over the years didn't offer 401ks. I'll give you an example of how fees can bite you. My wife has a 401k that her boss had set up, which had a variety of mutual funds in it, and an example one had a 0.62% expense ratio. After we stopped contributing to her 401k, her boss continued to deposit $150 a month into her retirement account as part of a bonus plan. But since the mutual fund fee was charged based on her overall account size, which was around 60k, then that meant for each $150 she deposited, only $100 was actually going into her account and $50 was being consumed as a fee. Think about that. Both the boss and her were collectively losing 33% of the contribution amount given all the variables at play in the situation. What's also crazy is that the fund's expense ratio was higher than the yield of the fund, which was only 0.5%. I'm in the process of transferring that money into her Fidelity IRA now, but the lesson here is not to neglect your spouse's investments. Luckily, it was just free money to her, but you can understand why I'm not a fan of someone else managing your investments. Anyways, you can see that on October 1st, I transferred $481 of Pepsi dividends out of my taxable account. Below that, you can see two Coke dividends that I got, one in my taxable account for about $360 and one in my retirement account for about $340. I've noticed that you can transfer your dividend cash out of your Fidelity account on the evening of a stock's payout date, which is what I normally do. Fidelity also has a bill pay service and has a debit card, but I still prefer to transfer cash out of Fidelity and into my checking accounts for a variety of reasons, rather than use Fidelity as my bill pay. 
It's honestly a thing of beauty when I transfer dividends out of my brokerage to fully pay my mortgage. I got an awesome 2.625% 30-year fixed rate, and it's cool knowing that I'm locked into a rate which my dividend compound annual growth rate percentage should continue to easily beat as time goes on. What that means is that my mortgage will become a smaller and smaller percentage of my dividend income as I move forward. The irony is that I'm more confident in my dividends being able to provide ongoing income than I am in myself providing it due to the realities of job risks and health risks and such. These days, any spare cash I have once bills are paid, I tend to invest into growth stocks or crypto, or I donate it. I'm a big fan of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and I've configured my Teespring Merch account to automatically donate 10% of all purchases to go to St. Jude's. So if you buy a Gen X mug or sweatshirt or something, know that some of your money is automatically being donated to a great charity helping needy kids out. I'm currently just letting my dividend portfolio grow on autopilot from dividend hikes, though I may add some more into it now and then, like that account of my wife's I talk about. Okay, now that you have some context about me and my dividends, let me state what I hope is an obvious learning, which is that being able to quit the rat race while still being able to get income to pay your bills is actually better than I dreamed it would be. I find myself happier than I expected and I'm constantly grateful about life. Grateful about the risks I took. Grateful that I didn't give up when things seemed unwinnable, or when my portfolio took huge hits. I'm grateful that I can walk and talk and see and smell and feel. I'm grateful for my friends and relatives, and every day I'm grateful that I started dividend investing long ago. It's not uncommon for me to walk along and reflect on how appreciative I am of the fact that I don't have to deal with an annoying boss or work politics or commuting or having other people tell me what to do or whatever. It still boggles my mind that I no longer have to think about getting fired or downsized or whatever. I've lived through all those job realities, so it makes getting here all the more sweet. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do what I want each day, whether that's work on YouTube videos or watch a movie or whatever. The fact that I became financially independent was all due to dividends. I wish I could get more people to understand their power and potential. Any amount of income coming in is better than none. It doesn't matter if you have a $1,000 portfolio. That's still probably another $40 a year. If you can make $40 a year in dividends, then in time you can make $400 a year. If you can make $400, you can make $4,000. You get my point. One surprising thing I've learned is that some other retired people I've met tell me they're bored of being retired. That blows my mind. I've literally not been bored since I was in elementary school. There are so many things I love doing and look forward to doing, from family time, to playing video games, to watching TV and movies, to reading books, to working out, to talking to my friends, to traveling, to creating videos, etc. So this wonderful gift of time and freedom from job responsibility is all due to dividends providing me with truly passive income. And I'm so happy that I don't need to worry about or think about having to sell stocks in order to get income. These days I love getting up in the morning and grabbing a nice coffee and then doing what I want with my time, which usually includes chatting with other investors on my dividend discord and responding to comments on YouTube and emails and Instagrams and tweets, etc. Every day is a great day and I no longer have that Sunday annoyance where you groan thinking about working on Monday. I actually look forward to Mondays because the house becomes quieter with the kiddies going to school and after rush hour is over the streets and stores are emptier. Weekdays are awesome. I had fun deleting the Indeed app off my phone since I don't think I'll ever need to get another job. It's funny though because these days I'm getting more people reaching out to me on LinkedIn, asking me to interview for something. Funny because that didn't seem to happen as much when I was actually looking for a job. I just hope no one offers me something I can't refuse because I'm enjoying not working too much lol. Speaking of being retired, one of the items I got right was my original estimate of when I would retire. So I met my wife right after I graduated college, i.e. when I was 21, and now we've been married for over two decades, and shortly after I met her I told her that my plan was to retire in my 40s. And at the time I didn't know how I was going to do that, but eventually it became clear that dividends would be the way. 
Last year was my first full year without a salary job in my life. I started living on savings and then transitioned to dividends in October. I never spend a dime on credit cards that I can't fully pay off, so that's a lesson you don't want to forget. I hired a new guy to do my 2020 taxes to make sure that he did all the social media business taxes correctly, and as always, the dividend taxation is so much better than wage taxes. So a lesson you should take away from all this is don't just dream to retire early, create a plan for how you will. I've met a ton of young people who want to retire early, but very few are taking actionable steps to do so. Try to figure out how you can drive up your income generation, whether that's in your career or with side hustles or whatever. And with that income should come increased investing, which should continue for the rest of your life. You've also got to figure out how to live frugally. That's half the battle. Make sure you have no high interest debt and have an emergency fund, then just keep investing intelligently. I recommend maxing out retirement accounts and then investing in taxable accounts, but learn the pros and cons of both. I think real estate is smart to invest in as well. I also made some mistakes about retiring on dividends. My first big error was thinking I could take distributions from my retirement accounts to pay my health insurance premiums. You can do that if you meet specific requirements, but it turns out I didn't qualify for those. I'll put the requirements up on the screen and you can pause the video if you want to read them. A big concern I had about retiring early was health insurance, and I've gotten a bunch of questions about that from you guys. So in my video called The Time I Sold All My Stocks, I talked about a health scare I had which fundamentally changed my life. In my past I had health insurance companies which denied me getting insurance due to some pre-existing conditions I was born with. Or to be more specific, they said I could have health insurance, but they would exclude coverage for anything tied to any of my pre-existing conditions, making it almost useless. So it was a really big deal for me when the laws changed in the US so that health insurance companies couldn't refuse to cover me or charge me more due to my pre-existing conditions which was huge because my medical bills would have bankrupt me if I hadn't been covered. And unfortunately, my wife always had hourly jobs, most of which didn't offer health insurance, so we both relied on my jobs to provide coverage for our family. For the first year and a half of leaving my last job, I used Cobra, which lets me keep using my work insurance for up to 18 months, as long as I pay for it. The monthly premiums were insane at around two grand a month for me and my family. And I was shocked when I transitioned off COBRA and into the public health insurance exchange markets and my premiums became super cheap. I ended up being able to use all the exact same doctors and specialists, but my monthly premium costs were drastically reduced, and I mean drastically. So that was part of the reason why I overestimated what my expenses would be once I was living on dividends. I also significantly overestimated how much I'd save on bills due to downsizing our house. Our utility bills are so much cheaper. When contractors come over, I don't feel like they're raking me over the coals. So that's been nice, and I'm much happier living in a simpler house in a nice neighborhood than when I was living in a fancier house in a more upper-class neighborhood. Ironically, I need to live in a fancy place to realize I didn't need or want that. The same thing was true for sports cars. I need to get a sporty car to realize I was happier just driving an inexpensive car. Less stress and way less costs. One thing I didn't anticipate being retired on dividends was that it kind of sucks when most of your friends are still gainfully employed. I try to talk to my best friends almost every day, but only one of them is retired, so it's not as fun that I can't call them all up whenever. Another thing I didn't think of was being able to use my social media business to write off healthcare expenses. My new tax guy suggested that, so in March of 2022 I'll try doing that to see if it'll work. Doing that is yet another way to lower costs more than I originally estimated. Another thing I didn't anticipate was how many perks and benefits I'd get from having less income coming in, from the child tax credits to stimulus to cheaper healthcare, etc. One item that was an unexpected revelation for me was that my wife isn't as confident in dividend income as I am. 
Like recently I was talking to her and I said that we just hit our one year anniversary of dividends paying our bills and how amazing that was, and she responded by saying so far. I.e. she feels dividends are too good to be true and is worried the rug will be pulled out from us, but as time goes on I think she'll become more and more confident. It's such a powerful feeling knowing that my family is taken care of, even if I'm not here, and that makes me proud that I did all that from scratch without anyone helping me. I've had my share of setbacks over the years, which makes retirement that much more special. I've been laid off, I've had life-threatening operations and health issues, I've made some crappy investments and made some stupid decisions. I learned that you can still do well in life even if you make tons of mistakes. It's never too late to get on a better path, and your greatest success could come from what you currently perceive as your greatest failure. You just don't know what tomorrow will bring if you refuse to give up. So if you're in a situation right now that's terrible, then I want you to keep pushing forward. I urge you to try and learn new things, and trust me, a decade from now your life will be totally different. I know that can be super hard to believe or do when you're feeling bad and depressed, but don't give up. Start moving forward, you can do it. Don't worry or dwell about things you did or didn't do in the past. Let that weight fall off your shoulders. Let go of that anchor of regret or angst or pain. Let it sink to the bottom of the ocean of your past and now just focus on sailing forward. Whatever it is, you can change and do better. You can go in a different direction in life. Don't underestimate how powerful dividend investing can be, even if you're older or even if you have very little money to invest. Don't compare yourself to me or to anyone other than yourself. If you're taking steps to better yourself, then be proud and focus on the goodness of that rather than anything that's bad. As always, be careful of financial advice from the internet. I see tons of poor advice in financial articles. It kills me when I read a headline like how to make passive income in retirement and then it fails to mention dividends. Weak advice is rampant everywhere, including on YouTube. Don't copy anyone else's portfolio and please be aware that some big channels that talk about investing are themselves beginners. That doesn't mean a beginner can't give good advice, nor does it mean a more experienced person can't give bad advice, as there are investing channels run by licensed professionals who have videos about hot penny stocks. Just be careful and educate yourself and figure out what investment strategies work for you and go with that, not with what anyone else does. Which reminds me, I had someone leave a comment on one of my videos that said, the only thing that matters are your total returns. I agree that total returns matter, but I have a lot of other things that also matter to me, including having a certain level of automated cash flow, having a low stress lifestyle where I'm not worried about needing to sell my stocks, etc. The lesson here is to learn enough about your personal motivations and needs so that you can make investing decisions for your portfolio that enables your goals. Speaking of portfolios, M1 currently has an account referral bonus of $30 if you open an account per their requirements. The way it works is you click on my M1 referral link in the description of this video and then either open a brokerage account and fund it with $100 or open a retirement account and fund it with $500. Deposits which need to happen within 30 days of you opening the account. Then you need to keep your initial deposit inside the new account for 30 days from the date of deposit to get however much they're offering. Now I'd like to shout out my latest YouTube subscribers who have signed up to support me on Patreon.com at the Aristocrat or King tier. So thank you Paul TCD, who just upgraded his Patreon membership back to the King level, which gives him all the perks of the previous tiers, but it also lets him chat with me about whatever he wants for 30 minutes in a private one-on-one -on -one Discord voice chat. He gave me a heads up that he has an investing idea he wants to run past me. I'm not a professional financial advisor, I'm just some random guy who loves dividend investing, but I'm happy to help in whatever capacity I can, as my goal is to help as many people as possible to achieve financial freedom. The best investment you can make is in yourself, but don't spend money if you can't afford it. Another shout out I'd like to do is to Josh B for signing up at the aristocrat level. Patreon aristocrats and kings gain access to my dividend portfolio tracker spreadsheet tool along with they gain access to multiple private channels on my discord, including one where I let people watch my videos before I release them to the public, as well as I often let you vote on which thumbnails I use for my new videos, or what title I should use. 
If you made it to this point in the video, I ask you to please slam the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. And don't forget to join my free dividend discord, a place where thousands of dividend investors hang out and chat. Thanks for watching and hitting that thumbs up button. Stay positive and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.